I won't say how long, give away my age. <laughs> we both have that issue. Believe me, I probably am a lot worse than you. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Pending Approval Podcast, a talk show highlighting the ups, the downs and those complete head fuck moments of the business world. I'm your host of the show, Glenda Wynyard, and as always, I have producer G. Hey G. Hello, hello. How is it going? We're back at it again. Another podcast. I know. Aren't you excited? I am excited. I'm actually very excited to be here today. But first, what's been going on with you, Dubs? Spring is here. I love spring. It's my favorite time of the year. Spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. The wind. I love the wind that you get in spring because it just gets all those clothes dry without being too hot. That's tragic. That's the practical side of me. Tragic. I've been to my first cafe. It gets all the bad juju out. I know. It does. It's beautiful. You went to your first cafe. I've been to my first cafe. I felt really good about that. The agency starting to come back to life with people coming in. Mm, It's nice to see people again. It's so nice to just be able to turn around and go, hey, and ask them a question without (laughs) having- Where's my media plan? (laughs) Without having to go on a Zoom call or a Skype call or something. I'm over, over video. Exactly. Well, like I said, I'm actually very excited to be here today. I'm always excited to be here. Don't get me wrong. But today's a topic that I'm very passionate about. And I hope everyone can take away at least one thing from today's chat. I think it's going to be great too. And I'm totally sure that they will. Diversity is such a broad topic. And we work with such a diverse range of organisations, everyone from Dementia Australia, Cerebral Palsy, Headspace, Expression Australia. There's lots of different organisations that we work with. Discrimination, acceptance, inclusivity, they are three words that we hear from these organisations all the time. Mm And today, we're going to be interviewing Megan Jones from another client of ours, Australian Network on Disability. Megan, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to to have a chat today. It's going to be great. And you know what? I, I feel like having someone with your background, because you're not exclusively from this space. So, you know, you've been to different businesses, you've understand kind of where different businesses sit. I think it's going to be a really, really good way, you know, for you to show your perspective on this particular topic. But before we go into that, we were introduced by our very own Richard, I'm going to say about six months ago now. Yeah, that's right. Probably a little bit more. As you said, I had actually come from mainly corporate side of the world and I came into the business of the Australian Network on Disability and I saw this amazing organisation with such a purpose and, and such a passion, but our comms just wasn't quite representing who we were. And so I put the call out to find out, you know, how I can go about moving the brand to be more aligned to actually what we internally live and breathe. And that's when I came in contact with yourselves. Yeah. And it's been a absolute whirlwind since you've been working very closely with Kara on, you know, that that kind of rebrand or that really brand document. So we're very excited to get that out into market. And I know that you are as well. But what we like to do before we kind of move into the topic is ask a little bit about our guests. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been working in marketing for many different organizations, some of 
Australia's most known and top brands for a number of years now. I won't say how long, give away my age. (laughs) (laughs) We both have that issue. Believe me, I probably am a lot worse than you. (laughs) In more recent years, after going through and, and doing many of the different tasks that are involved within Marcoms, I've really found this passion and niche, I guess, for brand and particularly aligning brand into shared value. So that's where we can really look at the opportunity that all organisations have to ensure that they meet their business objectives, but they also are doing so in a way that is better for society, that's able to represent who we are in society and also to help in that social corporate responsibility side of things and to really bring about a holistic brand approach. So interesting, this area particularly for employers. I find it that a lot of employers get very nervous when it comes to employing people with disability. How does your organisation help people set themselves up or organisations to set themselves up to employ people with diverse backgrounds? Absolutely. So I think the first thing is always to understand that we're talking about people and that we know that most people have good intentions. So we always come at it at that point that a lot of the time it's just the unknown. It's not having the knowledge or education that perhaps there are barriers that are put up to begin with and those are unintentional. And the more you learn and understand about the space and and some of the real simple ways you can remove barriers And that just opens up the opportunity then to be able to hire people with disability. It also opens up greater opportunities for your entire business and your customer base too. Yeah. And it is a lot of that learning and unlearning, you know, like that's, that's what I found in my experience and going through this journey myself is that it's a lot of looking and reflecting and going, oh, oh yeah. You know, like it's it's that kind of realization that you have to go through. And so for an organization to go through that, it's also really important because it's more than just you, you know, like you, you've got to kind of hit every single layer of the organization from owners to HR to boards and, you know, different teams that you have internally. So yeah, no, I, it's such an important piece to do, but I think it is a lot of that reflection. And, and Megan, we were just saying before we went live on the air that even in this world where we've got video, for instance, that for people just not to turn their screen off while they are actually communicating with someone in business that's deaf, for instance. So, you know, there's lots of those little protocols that are just courtesies, really, aren't they? Absolutely. And what we found is that 60% of the barriers that people face actually involve no cost to remove. Mm. So it really is some of those very simple things that you're able to do. And once you're aware and once you understand, you can actually do it in everyday life. And that's what makes it so beautiful is that the more we learn and the more we evolve to be inclusive as a whole and we understand where we come from is not always the same as everybody else and that we all have different views and different expectations and different needs, then we're able to start to do some of those basic things. We're able to understand that 
using cameras are going to be able to help people, that providing content prior so people can use screen readers, for instance, alt text on images. There's just so many simple little things Mm. that become part of your day-to-day. And if you can build them in, instead of it being an addition, then that's really where it really makes a difference. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I guess we'll start at the beginning because I think as an employer, you're looking at this and you might think to yourself, oh, it's it's very difficult, you know, for me to make this an open workplace. But how can an employer ensure their workplace is structured to support the recruitment and then induction of someone living with a disability? I think that's really the first place that you think of when you're thinking about hiring people of different backgrounds. So the way to really, I guess, start in that recruitment process and actually probably what you're to think about right through the process is to ask the question, Mm. do you need anything? Is there anything that we can do to support you? So by simply asking those questions and asking whether you need any adjustments in that interview process, it allows you to open up that conversation. Perhaps the person who you're interviewing doesn't need adjustments that day, but they may for future. It's opened up that conversation and it shows that ability to be able to provide adjustments. Mm. So as simple as asking that question to everyone, you know, it's not about asking the question when you think somebody may have a disability. There is so many people with invisible disability. We can't make any judgments. We can't make any decisions. So let's be open and ask the question up front. And that's really one of the first steps to be able to then continue that process. And it really sets the scene and culture of what type of organization you are. Yeah, exactly. It's just being a bit human, isn't it? It really is. And you make such an important point about invisible disability. When you talk disability, people immediately think physical. They're not thinking about the invisible disabilities that are out there. You know, like it really is about that inclusivity and actually thinking a lot broader than one type of disability. Absolutely. There's so many different types and people with the same disability might not have the same requirements as well. So it is really understanding, I guess, what the barriers are for the person or what the adjustments may be needed rather than what disability or diagnoses they may have. The important part is to remove the barriers. And there could be something that's done, such as a screen reader, that could help a variety of different people for different reasons. So ensuring that you've got all of your comms structured, that screen readers are able to read it correctly, can be vital and important for a whole host of different reasons. And really allows that opportunity then to open up your talent pool that you're able to, you know, look at the people who are able to create and provide outcomes rather than how they get to those outcomes. Mm. You know, let's not focus on how we do the task. Let's focus on how we get to the outcomes of those tasks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it just creates this real, like that one question creates such a nice culture because you're opening up. It's not just that one conversation that you're opening up. You're saying, hey, I'm open to having a conversation with you about anything. 
really, you know, like whatever support that you need doesn't just have to be about this particular topic. It could be about anything at this point. And is this where a organisation like AND comes into play? Is it through that recruitment process or is it ahead of them? So the Australian Network on Disability really focuses across the whole spectrum of the business. We're able to adjust and support our members in many different ways that works for them. So absolutely, recruitment is a key piece and we do have an extensive training around recruitment and we work with both internal recruitment as well as recruitment agencies to be able to ensure that at least from that starting point that we're really providing that inclusive experience. But apart from that, at Australian Network on Disability, we also look at what we do internally, workplace adjustments. We help with training. As mentioned before, one of the kind of biggest barriers that really is in this area is just that lack of understanding, that lack of experience sometimes. Also, we run mentoring and internship programs that allows our members to experience and to be able to welcome people with disability into their organisations. And we see that having a twofold effect. We see the effect of people who may have learnt, they might have done a, a course with us, they may have had some coaching with us, be able to put into practice that experience as being a supervisor or a mentor. And what we also are able to do then is provide people who might be final year students at university or might be job seekers the opportunity to go into the workforce in their area and have a positive experience, have an experience where they are working with an organisation who understands how to to meet their needs and to remove those barriers. Mm. So it's a real positive outcome for both areas and it's one of the spaces that we're we're quite proud about because it's not just about the learning, it's then about the doing. Yeah, and it must be really important as well for everyone to have a positive experience because I can imagine there'd be a lot of anxiety going into the workplace if you're someone living with a disability because there are so many barriers that are out there. Yes, we do find that there are some of those concerns We also find that at this point in time, we still very much think of disability as being the onus on the person themselves. And one of the things I think that changed my mind the most when I started going into this space was once I learned about the social model of disability. The social model of disability really speaks to the fact that it is around the environment and society that puts the barriers up. And it takes that onus off it being an individual and puts it on all of us. We're all, in essence, responsible for ensuring that everybody has an equitable part in society to play. And we need to look beyond the points around an individual and what their requirements are and look at how we can be supportive across the board. Megan, just on that, what industries are much more proactive at hiring people with disability and making sure that they have got a much more inclusive model than others? 
That's a really good question. From who are members, at this point in time, I can't say that there are certain sectors that are better than others. Sectors who probably work within disability have more experience and do tend to then understand that space a little bit more. We have a whole variety of different members in our organisation. We have from, you know, the big banks who want to also be inclusive because they've realised the advantage from a customer viewpoint too. We have, as I said, recruitment agencies. We have a real mix of different organisations. A lot of the communication IT space is really coming on up to speed on that space as well. For an example, Microsoft now has a very easy to do checker for accessibility. And if you're not already using these tools, I'd recommend using them. It's something every single one of us can do with our our documents and our presentations is click a button and it will tell you straight away whether there's some issues with your accessibility. Yeah. So yeah, there's a whole variety, I guess, that are really starting to make headway in this space. I think it's so good because going back to what you said before about the social model, it's not just one person's thing to worry about. Having companies like Microsoft come in and build in these accessibility tools with, again, like you said, just the click of a button makes it so easy for everyone. And it's kind of like, well, there's no excuse now. You know, there's no excuse for you to not do it because it's so simple. But also when you're looking at it from an employer perspective, there are little easy things that you can do to make it so much more accessible for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the more open these conversations are, the more chance that this is going to happen. So we encourage that, you know, organisations create disability groups, like disability resource groups, et cetera, Mm -hmm. you know, who, who work together then to help find further opportunities within their own organisations to be able to improve accessibility across the board. It's a journey. We always talk about it as being a consistent learning process. We don't talk about, you know, an end state. Like most things nowadays, you need to have that continual growth mindset. And as new and better technology comes about, as long as we're building for inclusive design, then we will see that this will become more and more part of our everyday. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find, like, I look at at this uh, sector all the time and, and with the different clients that we deal with, do you find that people try to pigeonhole the roles that people living with disability can go into? I found it really interesting. So, for instance, we work with Expression Australia and we would ran a recruitment campaign for them or an employment campaign around diversity for people with hard of hearing or with loss of hearing, so people living who are deaf. And I thought it was really quite sad in the briefing process, the types of roles that people thought that deaf people could undertake. And I just thought, that's just so wrong, you know, like they were just immediately pigeonholing them. Yeah, I think that has been part of the issue previously. And I think that is part of that attitude and that understanding. As I said, you know, we shouldn't be focused on how someone does the job. Mm. We should be focused on the outcomes of that job. If they need additional tools or additional 
help in other ways or to do things differently, then that shouldn't be the focus. As part of Australian Network on Disability, we actually were created 20-odd years ago now and the whole purpose was because we were seeing that certain people were going into roles and they would get past that recruitment stage. But once in the organisation, the organisation didn't know then what to do. So it's really about trying to, I guess, educate and ensure that, you know, people understand, as I said, they are quite simple. Mainly 60% of adjustments do not cost anything. The ones that do, there is financial support for organisations to make those adjustments. So really, the barriers are often attitudes and this is the way we've previously done it, so we need to do it this way. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. I think it's a lot of like, just because it's the normal doesn't mean that it's the right way to go about something. You know, and you can apply that to so many different conversations and topics around the world or even just between the three of us here. I think it's, again, looking at yourself and looking at what society does and then questioning if that's actually the right way to go about something. And again, it's just being human. Absolutely. Well, we've just finished a business case and we've identified 10 benefits that you receive by having an inclusive workplace with people with disability. So there is 10 positive advantages of pursuing this path. So it just becomes this mute conversation of why you wouldn't. It really does. When you look at the facts, when you look at some of these key areas, like innovation being a prime example, when you have a group of people who have had to find different ways of doing things because of a disability, you get a very innovative group of people. Oh, absolutely. We work with the Remarkables and some of the technology and the work that they do in the disability sector is just incredible from a concept engine. You know, like they really are. It's amazing what they come out with. But you talk about those 10 advantages. What are some of the advantages? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the advantages as I said, is, is innovation and what you're able to provide in that sense. There's also this advantage of culture. So what we find is that inclusive organisations have more engagement and particularly when we start looking at millennial and Gen Zs, like these are things that are really important to them. We also have things that you may not expect So productivity, an inclusive workforce actually has higher productivity. We also see that people with disability actually have less absent days than people without disability. There is really a host of things that often are against what the general perceptions are of people with disability. Things like, as I said, widening your talent pool as well. That is really a top one. If you don't have an inclusive job ad, then you might unintentionally be already reducing your talent pool. There might be some very talented people out there who can do that job and do an amazing at it and and you actually miss that opportunity or if your premise isn't accessible for the interview or if the interview 
is virtual and you have somebody who lip reads and you don't have captions. There is so many little tiny things that you may unintentionally be doing that is stopping you from, I guess, really getting the full benefits of a diverse workforce. Mm, Exactly. So knowing that it doesn't just stop with recruitment, what can employers do to support their staff throughout their journey with that company? Like, you know, because you you mentioned just before, it's not just getting through recruitment. It's also what happens after. So how can we as employers be best, you know, setting ourselves up for success? Yeah, so there is a couple of different things that you can do. One of which really is, again, going back to this kind of cultural attitudinal piece. So the more that your organisation understands disability confidence and how that can flow through every part of the organisation is kind of a key space. There is also other things that we can consider when looking at just some of the basics that we do. As we talked about just before we started recording was things like making meetings accessible. So if we are on Zoom, Can we have our cameras on? Can we have live captioning switched on? There's other captioning options that you may also want to pursue. You know, do you need to have an Auslan interpreter to attend an event? Is the event accessible? Is the event got an opportunity that you've got a quiet space for people who might need to remove themselves and go to a quiet zone? I mean, there is really just that thoughtfulness that we could do with everything in our day-to-days that really helps to provide that opportunity that we you know are always being as inclusive as possible and that's what's really I guess the important part it's not about doing it when we think that we need to but if we can build it as part of what we just do it just makes it a better experience for all. Yeah. And it does come back to that culture piece, like you mentioned earlier, you know, it doesn't just fall on HR, for example, to worry about these things. I think it's a, it's an everyone. We all want to be included in many different ways. So we should all be thinking about inclusivity in the workplace. And I just don't think it stops there. Like when I look at marketing, there's very little inclusivity in the truest sense. Do you know what I mean? When it comes like we've all talk about diversity and it's, you know, gender diversity or we talk about racial diversity and things like that. But in the truest sense, if we're really talking about being inclusive, you know, people living with a disability should be there as well. What do you believe from a marketing point of view is missing? Well, absolutely. What you've just said about diversity in media and advertising is still got so far to go. I think, you know, even on the topics of gender and race, et cetera, then, you know, we're still quite a bit behind. And diversity and inclusion really means all. And it's for some unknown reason at this point in time, I feel like disability is kind of missed off and hasn't had a seat at the table. There is a definite fear around disability. There is a fear around you know, offending and doing the wrong thing. And there absolutely is definitely, you know, inclusive language and ways to speak that is inclusive. But let's not make fear be the reason we don't go somewhere. I feel like we've really kind of taken that and put it in the too hard basket when it comes to representation. 
And so we're not truly representing who society is. We have one in five people that are living with a disability in Australia. Like disability is everywhere and we're not representing it in, in true form when it comes to our media and marketing. I love what you just said there, Megan, about let's not let fear be the reason that we stop moving forward. And that's progression. You know, like that is true progression in the real sense of the word is like, you know what, you are going to mess up. No one is perfect. None of us here are perfect. And there are always going to be things that we say, that we do, that we can all learn from. But it's it's just getting ourselves out there and making that change and taking that first step, I think, is really important. You know, it's actually really interesting. That I don't know if you've seen the English series Sex Education. And in there, one of the main characters develops a relationship with a young man who is living with disability. The way that they integrated, it was just so natural and it was just so well done. I mean, I think that whole program is the way they've integrated all sorts of different situations has been amazing. But when I was watching that, I just thought I wanted to applaud them because they made it so like it's just part of life. And I think that's where we've got to get to as a group of people. But the thing is, is that it is just part of life. Yeah, Like outside of programs and marketing, it's something that we live with every day. You know, like you said, Megan, one in five people in Australia live with a disability. And I think that, you know, if we were able to show that, imagine seeing one in five ads that included someone who was living with a disability. Mm. Again, it doesn't have to be a physical disability that you can visually see, but just inclusion from a casting perspective would be amazing. That whole program is out there, but the way that they have included and the way that they have looked at diversity across the board, they haven't pigeonholed anyone in any one place. Like it's a brilliant show if you Mm. haven't seen it before. Megan, what would your top tip B for marketers who are looking to become even just a little bit more inclusive in their marketing? So my top tips would be that, as I said, try to utilize the tools that are out there. There are some tools that you're able to use. WCAG is a prime example. Like you've got guidelines, like utilize them. There is so many different ways that you can easily check to make something accessible. So start to build that as part of your everyday toolkit. It's not to be an add-on. It's not to be an afterthought. You know, the use of subtitles, for instance, was created for the deaf and hard of hearing community. It is now stock standard that you do not put a social video without subtitles because there is a large majority of us who will watch it with subtitles only. So when you do inclusive design, you actually start designing for everybody and it actually benefits everybody. And as a marketer, you know, one of our key roles is to obviously have business benefit, right? We're trying to make business results here. I don't shy away from the fact that, you know, I work with organizations who are there to make business results. The thing is, this is a way to improve your business results. This isn't an additional cost. This isn't an additional labor that's not going to go anywhere. It actually provides benefit. It provides benefit from a business perspective if you're hiring. It provides benefit from a business perspective if you're increasing your customer pool. And people who are in the disability community as well, if they see an organization that's actively trying 
they are going to be more inclined to go towards that brand and build brand advocacy. So there's real business benefits for doing these things. And, and I think it's important to remember that it's not a, it's just a feel good. It's not just a social corporate responsibility side. There is a business benefit side to it as well. Yeah, because everyone's a person at the end of the day, right? And we've all, if you're in retail, we've got money to spend, you know, like there's always going to be, it's a person on the other end of that ad or, you know, whatever it is that they're they're consuming. And if they see something that aligns with them, of course, they're going to be more inclined to spend that money with you. Absolutely. And this is an untapped area, really. Mm. You know, there's so much opportunity in this space. And as you said, you know, this is every day, but we're not showing it and it's not represented every day and it's not being thought of every day. It's still sitting back in that onus on the person with disability to make all of the changes and that is not where we need to be. Mm, Yeah, that's such a good positive ending to be on as well. I'm so sorry. I could talk to you all day. I really could, but Pat won't let me. (laughs) (laughs) It's really hard in that respect. I just agree with you so much. Like I just hope we can pull this out a bit more. But Megan, thank you so much for your time. I just find the subject fascinating and I think it's brilliant. I think the fact that you've hit the nail on the head, 20% of our population are living with a disability. Not all of it is like you can visually see it. Some people have invisible disabilities and, you know, treat people like you want to be treated. Yeah. And I think that's exactly how we have to think moving forward and we should already be there. But, you know, it's how we should be thinking. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. It's been great to have this chat. So good. Well, Megan, I can't thank you enough. Of course, it's been amazing having you here, but also from a personal note, working with the Australian Network on Disability, it has been such a great cause to be in on, but also it really makes us think about how we can approach our other clients as well. So it's not just something that you know we're working on with you. It's also something that we have taken and implemented across the board, which I think is such a great way for us to be working with clients because rather than looking at it from a service perspective, we're actually true partners. And so we've gotten a lot out of it and I know that you have as well. So again, thank you for that. For anyone who wants to get in touch with Megan Jones, we'll pop her email in our description. Or if you're after GWI, our very own RT's email is in there as well. But again, thank you so much, everyone, for coming. Thank you, Megan, for joining. And we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you.